Good evening, guys. This is Outlaw Colin here, uh, and tonight I am joined by Outlaw Scott. Hey, how's it going, guys? And Outlaw Paul. Hello there. And tonight we are doing a bit of a combo review, um, which I think is going to get a little bit controversial. We are going to be talking about Night of the Living Dead 1968 and Night of the Living Dead 1990. Uh, the original, of course, directed by George Romero, and then the follow-up by Mr. Tom Savini. So, guys, I'm just going to literally go straight into the controversial subject. Scott, you're first. Which one do you prefer and why? I prefer the 1990 Tom Savini directorial. It is, I think the reason why I prefer it is because it, it's gonna sound, it doesn't feel like a chore watching it. I have to. I don't have to be in the mood to watch it. I can watch it whenever I want. Now, the 1968 one, as much as I have so much love and respect for that film, I have to be in the mood to watch it. Yeah, you know, I can see that. It, yeah, it's, so if someone says to me, oh, do you want to watch Night of the Living Dead? I'm like, yeah, okay, no problem. And I'll immediately go for Night of the Living Dead 1990. But if then someone goes, oh, no, 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 let's watch the 68 one, I go, I'm not in the mood for it. So for that reason, and that reason alone... It's Tom Savini's 1991 that I prefer. Paul? Nah. Shaking his head? Nah, nah, <laughs> sorry. So for me, um, I, I, it's, it, it, I would say it's a difficult one, and I don't want to offend Tom Savini, because if I ever meet him, he might hit me for saying this. Um, but I think the 68 one is, is an all-time classic. Um, I've watched both of them repeatedly recently as well. Um, as you guys know, I'm newer to the Romero universe in my latter years of my life. And I, yes, I like the full colour, the 1990 version. It's a decent film. IMDb disagrees with you, by the way, just, just to be clear here, Scott, because IMDb gives the 1990 version a 6.9 star rating, whereas the original classics are 7.9. So the world disagrees with you here, <laughs> just, just to clinically kill this conversation off. Um, for me, I'll tell you what did it, and I'm going to be brutally honest with you. When I first watched 1968, Night of Living Dead, uh, Russ Dreiner um, went fishing, and he hooked me in with his bastard Johnny and annoyed the hell out of me so much, I had to watch the film. I was engaged because I wanted to see this git and what happened to him. And I went on the journey with him. In the 1991, the guy who played him was, to me, a just it was just an awful sub-Johnny. He was he tried to be a more irritating Johnny, and it worked, because it made me want to switch off. It didn't emotionally invest me with the start of the movie. And you know that that the, the um, cemetery scene is key to engage. Any movie, first five, ten minutes, is key to hooking people in. And I, I found it, he was very annoying. Um, I found obviously Barbara far more, far more lovely in the 1990 remake. She was fantastic. And, and I think she was a better Barbara, if I can be perfectly frank. But um, the guy who played Johnny was just, he irritated me. Um, saying that, um, Tony Todd was again a standout i'd love tony todd and maybe the lady who played barbara brought into 68 version i think that would enhance it with the quality of their acting and their characters but overall i thought 68 there was um there was a dark gritty reality about it it was i don't know maybe it was because it was more um what's the word i'm using not really um 
very it was very ad hoc filming it was you can see it was just a team of friends all trying yeah. to do their best to make a film and it was a good quality film because it still stands test of time now but for me the 68 version left you asking more questions because the first time i watched the 68 version i was devastated when i then watched um uh, dawn and day because i was desperate for them to be a direct sequels and and, yeah. and they weren't you could tell they're in the same canon um um a bit like what the walking dead have done recently where they've got like three different series and it's all set in different time periods but it's the same canon of yeah. the walking dead universe you could say it was set then but the the sequel for me it had more action bigger budget it was more polished and tom savini did a brilliant job and it was more graphic but I, I just think the original was the it had it for me yeah i mean i completely agree um i do i do think the 68 version is the better of the two but i just for me i just prefer the the the, the savini 99 cut uh, that that's just that's it is but but the thing is i think, I think it's this... easier to watch i think yeah. the remake is easier to watch on the eyes but have you considered that the reason it's easier to watch on the eyes is because it's in full color it looks more like a modern film whereas the romero classic is a very much a black and white yeah. you could almost put it in the same world as the hammer horror no, you know I, I, of, absolutely. of that time from america yeah i completely agree with that and the, the 68 version is way scarier it's way way scarier i mean the bit where she going at him with, going at her with the uh trial and that screeching sound that you hear that that will haunt your dreams for life i mean it's it's terrifying i mean it, me and colin have fortunately been in that cellar and it you can see it play out when you're in there and it's it's so it's quite claustrophobic down there. I'm not too sure if it's because there's about 15 of us in there, but it, you know, there, there was yeah. a lot of us in there and it felt claustrophobic. And it, when you watch in 1968, the whole film feels claustrophobic. Even when they're outside, it just feels so closed together, which I think hits sort of like some form of, I don't know, an emotion where it makes you think, shit, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm sat here. Well, you know, I'm I'm in the event of what's going on in the film, and I think that's why the 68 one is overall better according to your IMBD score. But my my point here is is the um the 68 one is the better of the two. But mm. the 1991 for me, I don't know. There's more going on in it, and everyone starts banding together. But the 68 one. I know we were speaking with Laurie Cadill a few weeks back where we were talking about it and now saying, and maybe my, the word that I used was probably wrong because in no disrespect to uh, Judy Day, but her character in it, I understand now why Ben was slapping her a bit because she just she just needed to do more than just sit there. Mm, yeah, You know what I mean? But uh, that's a woman of their time. And at that time, the man would have been the third person who was hammering the stuff up and stuff like that. And while well, she was making cakes, I don't know. <laughs> no, do you know what? She was, um, for me, you're right. Um, Barbara in the 68 version was, she's probably the one thing that I would fix. Yeah. If I could fix anything in it, I would, I would, if I could go back in time, I'd probably recast. But then again, you've, you've made a really valid point. Would, my recasting is based on my perception of what I want to see from a lead female, not necessarily of a woman of the time. Yeah. And that's really important because a woman at that time 
would have been probably more feminine, reliant on others to do stuff, etc. It's a different it's a different world, isn't it, back in yeah. 67, 68 when this was made. So, you know, there would be different expectations of a lead lady, yeah. you know. Um, fast forward to like Laurie Cardile when she did her stuff, you know, you got some badass um, women in the 70s and 80s in lead roles, but that was still of that era where the women were annoyingly screaming. Um, but yeah, I think she, for me, she was the one thing of the original that I would critique other than that. <clears throat> to be honest with you guys, I had to switch off. I I really hope Tom Savini never watches this, but I had to, <laughs> when I first watched it, I when I, I seriously, I sat down and when I first watched that film, I had to switch it off. The 90s version. Oh, yeah, the 1990 version. I had to switch it off because I wasn't emotionally invested because I was so annoyed at Johnny and the whole cemetery scene. And I thought, well, it's it's pretty much a remake. Yes, there's more action and more everything else. But I was so annoyed that I switched it off and I thought, I've got to come back to it. And I did, and I finished it. And Tony Todd was the only saving grace because he was a really good character. But everything else in the film, I was just like, it's below par. You, you on, a, on a remake or something, you're supposed to go above and beyond and I, and it just while it ticked lots of boxes for production value and effects and and acting quality oh my god you know in the remake they acted more if if I can be honest they were more mature and professional in their acting but there was just something about it where it totally just missed it missed the bar well that was it cuz um <clears throat> the Johnny character in the 99 <clears throat> excuse me remake uh, played by Bill Mosley you know was he under or overacting? I'm not too sure, but yeah, his role is it was, I'll give you that, it was bland. It was quite mm. Mm, I, meh. I couldn't. I just I, it, it was it was a desperate attempt to try and do a Russ Dreiner, um, but like a Russ Dreiner on acid. Who yeah, was a bigger you, dick. I, I think you are. I think if you start putting the two side by side, so you're comparing like for like with you know, with the bits, then uh the two barbers, Patricia and Judith, I think are both great, to be honest. Uh, I can see where you're coming from with Patricia being more badass, more action, and that does make mm-hmm. for probably a better film. Uh, but I still like Judith in the in the first. But then I, I, I might be biased because I've been lucky enough to meet Judith. I spent nearly kind of two days with her at Weekend of the Dead, and she's such a lovely beautiful wonderful person i can't knock oh, her for dude, anything dude i'm not i'm not talking and i know about, you're not i know I'm you're not talking not. about the individuals i'm talking about here as a fan as a yeah. fan watching because uh, again i i only only last year for before weekend of the dead i went through the romero universe for the first time in a few decades and and i genuinely sat there with my glasses on right critiquing it and i just thought the original barbara didn't meet my expectations of what i wanted from a lead female but you're absolutely right scott it was a different time that it's the late 60s group of friends gorilla type making of a movie that became this iconic long-standing thing that tom savini tr- you know when i say try to remake he did remake it and he exceeded the original in a lot of ways but still didn't meet what i considered when i watch original i can engage the whole original movie when i watch the sequel parts of it chafe me to the point where i want to switch it off Although I'm not knocking as a film, but I don't like the fact that if you run both films in parallel, I know I'd I'd be looking at the original more than I would the remake. And the only thing that would bring me back to the remake is the powerful acting of Tony Todd, you know, the the better effects, etc. The 
Yeah, it's for me the original. It, it, it does it does deserve its IMDb rating of higher than the remake. I think you're spot on with the Johnny character. I mean, it's obviously it, it is Bill Mosley who's an horror icon, but I think you are getting yeah. Aldi uh, Johnny in the remake as opposed to uh, Waitrose Johnny in the original. That's definitely something I would agree with. Uh, so just thinking about uh, the movies themselves, then I, I mean we have sort of touched upon this but do you think the black and white versus the colour is an issue do you think that's something that leans one way or the other no 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 um are we allowed to talk about um the um the thing that we shouldn't be talking about and that is the um alleged colour version that you can get of the original have you guys seen it on yeah. itunes yeah i've seen what? it yeah the holy fuck Excuse i've not name. seen it seen it but i've seen it there as something so to I, buy. I i watched you can i think it's on youtube as well by the way yes um yeah. and i watched the first 15 minutes of it and it ruined it because it was the worst botched color job you've ever seen on any movie ever it's a black and white film it's not meant to be in color it it's not terrible. meant to be in color yeah yeah, it was it was done horrifically. <clears throat> if somebody managed to get the original masters and were able to get a 4K HDR super ultra widescreen version and then spent 50 million quid coloring it painstakingly, then maybe it'd look stunning. And and I think the only person who's done something close to that was um, They Shall Not Grow Old, where the guy took the World War One footage and started the film for 10 minutes in black and white. The original and then it just grew into this widescreen 4k and they used actors to put the audio it was flawless that was just wow i wouldn't mind seeing that attempt on night of living dead 1968 but it need it would need a serious amount of cash to do it justice mm. and that starts by going back to the masters and giving us a very super super crisp 4k hdr one for the ages that you know, well, that's it. I mean, who who owns the masters of that film now? Nineteen sixty-eight. I mean, does the does Romero Foundation still have that, or is it Russo who has it? No. So, uh, I am aware of a rights holder and what you have to do to license, you know, uh, ideas and things about the film. Uh, I don't know if I can kind of talk about it. I don't know if it's general public <clears throat> knowledge or oh, no, or not. But it's not. <clears throat> it's it's well, not the foundation. No. All right. Well, it's not moving, the foundation. moving on from there, then um, the question. Next question is: Is uh, why was the a remake? You know, I mean, there's a lot of questions floating around. Not questions floating around, but ideas floating around because obviously they, they forgot to put the uh, little copyright scene in, all that kind of stuff. It was. <clears throat> There was George Romero saying to Tom, you're going to direct this and we're all going to make a bit of money off it. Um, could that be possible? Yeah. And I think I've actually seen a, um, an interview where Tom Savini, I think it's actually on the special features of the film, to be fair, where Tom Savini actually says, we're going to make some money for the guys for the 1968 version because they got screwed. <laughs> you know? And is that the reason why? Maybe. Maybe. Or was George saying to Tom subliminally, you know what? You've got the talent to make to be a director as well. <clears throat> so there you go. Crack on. We don't know, but I, I still think Tom did a great, great. Yeah, the the reason why is is probably an interesting thing. I mean, it, it doesn't tie in with any anniversary uh, that I'm aware of. Not obviously sixty eight 
to 90s and around around kind of lumber but it might have been that enough time had gone by that there was a new generation that they could bring this to a new army of fans who could explore it and they could get it right in some ways they hadn't before like you say with the copywriting and the distribution and everything else uh and to be honest i think i mean this this pure speculation but tom up until that point had done such good work for them why not Mm. let him have the reins on this you know i mean we've as we've heard in previous podcast he was directing you know special special effects scenes so probably it was it was about time to let him have a bit of a bit of a crack at a whole feature thing yeah have a stab at it i still think he did a great job he told a great story yeah. granted the story had already been told and pretty much done but he he made it himself because in like in this one barbara doesn't die in this one no she doesn't so no, which is a good he, different twist yeah. so he makes that choice barbara's gonna survive you know, he makes so many different choices to make the film almost different enough for you to enjoy it without actually going, well, do I have to compare it? You know what I mean? That's the thing. I don't compare the two. That's the thing. I think that's one of the reasons why I can enjoy watching it. But again, <clears throat> it's the little nods as well to sort of like Pittsburgh heritage in it. Like, for instance, the, the picture that's behind Colin, um, Billy Butler's got an Iron City jumper on. You know, yeah. that's Pittsburgh's drink, and it's really, really nice. <laughs> so I'm going to put that out there, you know. And then also, the, you know, he's, he has a steel, he has a Steelers cap on, if I can remember correctly. I mean, I think I can see the picture, but I'm not too sure if you can see the um, thing. But I think he wears a Steelers cap as well, so you can tell they're in Pittsburgh. Mm. Mm. I think even Bill Cardell is in both as well as a as a TV reporter interview yeah. character. That's yeah. a good. Nod as well back to yeah, the yes. That's it. So it's original. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's 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 the he's the uh, sheriff who turns around to. I think it is the chili Billy as well. He turns yeah. around and says, yeah. "Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up." So, <laughs> you know, he he has two. Russ Russ is a legend if you think about it because he has two quite iconic roles. Well, not iconic roles. Iconic lines in yep. both films. Yeah, yeah. They're coming to get does, you, yeah. Barbara, and they're, they're dead, they're all messed up. I mean, they're the <laughs> films, they're the things that you recognise. They are what films. you're going to quote, aren't they? They're, yeah, exactly. Yeah, probably, yeah. Certainly, they're coming to get you, Barbara, is just famous beyond yes. any reach of the film. I think people will know that line and not even be like, where, where it's from even half the time. It's, and, it's, and what's cool about it as well is, no matter how many times I've met him and hung out with him for so long, Every time he says those lines, it just makes you feel like a kid on Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's great. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. It is, it, is, it is certainly powerful to hear him. And hear him straight from us is just yeah. amazing. Yeah. Well, he's done a podcast of us as well. So that was a an epic one. That was an awesome one to have him on board and give us some exclusive stories and tales that he's um, never told anybody else before as well. So proper legend That's, he is he's awesome um can we um, you, you know what um uh, i was gonna Scott, ask one you, other question quickly i was gonna ask because obviously uh and i think already know the answer i'm gonna ask it obviously uh there's been a number of romero properties remade uh dawn of the dead most notably by Zack snyder and i don't even go down the road of the day of the dead whatever we're going to call them sequels remakes reboots whatever the hell they are uh, so I'm, I'm thinking in that world, this is probably head of, head and shoulders above all the other stuff. I mean, it's almost canon, isn't it, really, because yeah. of who was involved? Is it, I mean, is it a remake or is it? 
I just think it's a reimagining. I think it's just a reimagining to bring it back to what it was. Like kind of like Paul said before. Bring oh no, so not Paul. You would like you said before to give it to a new audience to say this is where it all started. You know, here you go. Have some with more blood. It was. It was. I've watched that remake. It's pants. Yeah. It's just awful. The Dawn of the Dead remake. The two thousand and four. Yeah. Oh, I quite like it. No, I hated it. That's for a different podcast. Yeah, Yeah, that's for a different podcast. (laughs) But yeah, no, just just quickly on that. I didn't mind it. I did go to the cinema a few times to watch it. But yeah, I'm I'm saying with Paul, if I watch that once in a year, I've watched it too much that year. I have to watch it every... It's every couple of years when I watch that. But yeah, going back to the Night of the Living Dead ones. um, Again, the good thing about those films that I like, and I think Paul, next year, if we are lucky to actually venture over to the States... You'll have the same appreciation of what me and Colin have got. When we watch these films, I don't know about you, Colin, but when I watch them, I'm like, because I've been to that location and I can see where they're filming it, and I'm going, it's such a nice place to film. I understand why they chose that place because visually, it's beautiful. And yeah. when you're watching it in the film, not much has changed. No, and not, not with the cemeteries. Well, that's it. changed. That's it, the cemetery, it's, it's exactly the same, apart from you may be missing two two or three trees that are around the area, yeah. but I believe that was a, a storm that ripped them up. That's what we I am, told. I have yeah. to say, I am looking forward to going, because we are, we are scheduled to go in end of June, first week yeah. of July, aren't we? So yeah. fingers crossed that doesn't get cancelled again and we can actually get out there, because it'll be my first time out there, so I'm looking forward to doing whatever we're going to do out there. So That's it, I mean, we have a, we'll have, we'll have a, a great time. Obviously, um, the Night of Living Dead... 1968 house isn't too far away from the cemetery but obviously that's now just it's just a field is, but yeah. we had Ross Strainer take us to it and he was like well I know it's a field but that's where it was and you can still actually see the foundations to where it used to be so it's still cool even though it's not there it's still cool I mean I don't think we'll go to the house where 1990 was made or the cemetery because that was like a two hour drive away and it was it was just well long <laughs> And you won't get anywhere near it either. Yeah. We we struck so many golden nuggets on that trip last time. Um, I'm very lucky how we got to two-thirds of the places that we did. But Marcus is really good, I guess. So he knows yeah. how to talk. <laughs> mm. But anyway, but you will still be able to do a lot. I mean, the cemetery is great. Um, and the good thing about it as well, when you go up the cemetery and you see that sort of like Evans City Cemetery sign on the right hand side going up that little hill, when you go up it, you make a left and you see the chapel area, and then it's only about, I'd say, about 50 metres more up and then on the right hand side, and that's where the Blair. Um, the Blair Witch uh, Project, yeah. Yeah, the, yeah the, the Blair, what's it called now? Tombstone is and all that bit is. So, yeah, it's really, really cool, and I'm looking forward to going back. and it is really cool going back with people who've never been because you get to kind of relive it again. Like, yes, the excitement. Yeah, I am I'm looking forward to, to uh, no, going there. Getting back to the two films, I'm going to be, right. again, asking you to be a bit controversial. Uh, makeup and special effects. Do you think the 90 is better, maybe because they had more money, they knew what they were doing, they had Tom, yeah. or was, does the 68 hold some water given mm. all of the constraints? I, I think Tom is, if not one of the best in the world for effects makeup and I, I don't think he can be beat to be perfectly no. frank as he's a, he's a one man uh, he's just a one man machine to be honest with you what he's done what he's generated I mean you only got to research him on YouTube and see what he does to give back to filmmakers and makeup artists and stuff 
yeah, I, I can't fault the visuals of the remake. I can't in any way. And that's, I think, massively down to Tom and the way he mentors and nurtures and wants to improve and do stuff. So, yeah, I think the 1991 is. But one of the interesting things, if you don't mind me reading a little stat here, is so the budget. Oh, that's good. Now, I know, Scott, good. I just want to, Scott, you said you, you can't really watch them side by side. And I agree, watching them side by side is, it's it's irritating. But if I look at the budget for The Night of Living Dead 1968, so the original budget was $114,000. Okay, when yeah. I made it. Its worldwide gross was 236000 yeah, which is double the money, which in them days, that's that's a great, that's a lottery win. That is yeah. now the remake 1990s Night of the Living Dead, budgeted at 4.2 million. Now, given the inflation from 68 to 1990, that's probably about the same tin pot type budget anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but the gross worldwide gross was 5.8 million. So it only made, after all its costs, 1.6 million in profit. Now, normally, if you made 1.6 million, if we made a film and it made 1.6, we'd be dancing. Oh, yeah, we'd be laughing. We'd be, we'd be, up all yeah. off, we'd be over the moon. I don't know how that was received by um, the, the people who funded it, um, but 1.6 million on a lot of movies would be considered a disaster. So it would be considered a flop, wouldn't it? Yeah. It would be considered um, a flop. If it was 10 million then it'd be on a par of doubling the money of the original budget. But I would consider it potentially, if I was a movie executive, I'd say, well, the original doubled its budget, so you you have to double your budget. That's what I want for my return on investment. Um, It it never really did that. Um, So another reason why the 68 one, I think, was more successful. But then again, who the hell did what they did in 1968 like that? The only stuff that was available then was the, you know, the Hammer Horror, Christopher Lee types, it yeah. just wasn't this sort of stuff around. Well, I think that's yeah. one thing where the 68 edges, and maybe it's a bit unfair because it is just the, you know, a matter of fact, but it was the first one. It did break so many barriers. You know, it, it did upset it so, many, down. so many apple carts. Yeah. Uh, where with the 90 version, around about 1990, I mean, you know, Hover was doing pretty well. It was fairly standard, and what they did was probably more standard than certainly way back in 68. Uh, you know, definitely. but the 80s and 90s, Colin, were more about blockbuster action films yeah. and yeah. special yeah. effects and all the rest of it. Horror, horror didn't have its its golden age. Definitely started in the 60s through the 70s into the 80s. In the 90s, I don't really know any great horror films. To be perfect, frank, that just mm. round off the top of my head, other than continuing of franchises. Um, it's only in modern the last 10, 15 years we've got the psychological horror films yeah. now. Yeah which have helped resurrect the genre. Um, well, that's, well, that's it. I mean, just quickly touching back on Colin's question about the special effects. I'm not going to say <laughs> nothing about what Paul said, because Paul was perfect on that one with the uh, Tom Savini's 990. But just to touch up, the thing that I like or prefer is the 68 one, because the 991, you expect it. You expect blood, yeah. shit everywhere. But with the 68 one, it's all about what you perceive in your own head. Because everything's behind, either in dark shadows, you don't really see it. You kind of got to create the horror in your own bra- in your own brain. So, if you're a sick and twisted individual, you're gonna have a terrifying horror film experience when you're watching the '68. But if you're just uh, watching it for the the film as it is, you're just gonna see someone smashing a trowel in someone and throwing some paint at all. Or what was it? Some um, God, what did they use for the blood? What did Bus say? 
Oh, wasn't it like a corn syrup thing? Or corn something? syrup, yeah. They were yes. just splattering on someone. But that's what I'm saying. If you're watching it for that, you'll just see that. But I think the the magic of 1968 is you create the horror film, or at least the effects, in your mind while you're watching it. So, yeah, that's why I, I'd, I'd probably say the 68 one is probably better for the effects, just purely because of the limited. I can't counter-argue that. <laughs> Valid point. Can't yeah, counter-argue no, 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 I think you're right there. It does make for sensible discussion. I think that's, so that's can, spot can on. I, can I raise a really controversial point here now? Because there's one thing that jumps out at me between the two that's... we. I think we spoke about this on other podcasts briefly. So if I start with The Night of Living Dead 1968, if you go online, there is a um, an 85-minute cut and a 96-minute cut. And we also know on YouTube there is an extended cut of Night of the Living Dead yeah. where they, um, I, I'll use the term bookend, where they put new scenes at the start and new scenes yeah. at the end yeah. to explain how the zombie or the ghoul got in, was walking around the cemetery um, and, 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 and at the end as well. And they were filmed to match the original in black and white and everything. And to be honest with you, it was, it was actually a year ago this weekend when we were, no, no, it wasn't a year. It was a, um, it was a weekend of the dead weekend of the dead. It was a weekend of the dead where I had literally watched it waiting for weekend of the dead to open on my phone. And I, and I remember asking you, Scott, I went, Oh, this is a new opening of this is the like, third or fourth time I've watched it. This is a new opening. What's going on here? Yeah. And you were like, no, no, it's fake. And then we went to Australia. Yeah, was like, oh, it's yeah. real. Yeah. Was going, yeah it's a real oh yeah yeah no it's it's absolutely bang on it was an attempt to like re-copyright it by bookending it with the right story the right opening yeah. and closing and and it was it was a, a kind of an extension on the original work um yeah. i don't think the the copywriting stuff worked but it was brilliant it gave more to the story so i actually prefer the extended version as my night living dead night yeah you're right I was literally about to bring that up because um, it's been so long because I bought it on VHS from Blockbuster, the 30th wow. anniversary nice. um, on VHS. And um, for the and the, that was on it because I remember when I first watched it, I stuck it in my VCR player and I was watching and I was thinking, what's this? Because it was there, it was on it, but it was only on the VHS. It was not on the DVD or anything that. And obviously I got this before DVDs came out, but I was watching it and I, I didn't like it. At first, I was like, "This is not right." It's supposed to start with <laughs> the Night of the Dead and the, and, yeah, the car. And and sister. Yeah. No, what's this? No, I don't like it. And I never watched it after. I think I never watched that VHS after that. I just left it and I completely forgot about it. And then when you came to me, Weekend of the Dead, Pop, you ain't even seen this. I was like, "Nah, it's fucking shit. That is fake." <laughs> <laughs> but then when we went to Russell, Russell like gave us like a five minute lecture and how no 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 yeah this is reason why and obviously just like Paul I'm not gonna say it again because Paul's just said it but yeah wow. <laughs> so the but, the night of Anubis print, which is the shorter version, um, was the Criterion Collection. If anybody remembers collecting good old laser discs, yeah, yeah. the Criterion Collection was this organisation that used to go and basically remaster and look after films. They were the first people really to take film prints and remaster and re-edit mm. and just actually, make a better version. I actually think I have the Night of Living Dead laser disc. Oh, wow. wow. I've got scanners, <coughs> Omen 1 and 2. I think I've got it as well, yeah. I think it's over there. That'd be a cool thing to have as well. Yeah. But, so, sorry, go on. Yeah, no, it, it's quite, it's worthwhile Googling what the Night of Anubis edition is because it's a 4K restoration of Night of Living Dead. 
Yeah. Um, and it's got um, new illustration of the soundtrack, um, work print edit of the film. So they've re-edited it, never been seen before. Uh, extras, um, two audio commentaries from Romero, um, Russo, um, Judith O'Day. There's loads of stuff on it. New interviews with Russ Stryner, whole hold over. So it's, it looks like it's a really good uh, package print, but I, I haven't seen the shorter version. Um, but I'm sure I will end up owning that version at some point. Um, but yeah, for me, the extended version wins it. Now, going back to the original point, the 1990 version has three cuts. It's got a 1986 work print version. I'm sorry, not in, it's, it's got a 86 minutes work print version, an 88 minute, which is the original cut, and then a 92 minute cut. So there's well, three that, cuts of it. Is that the 1990? Yeah, it's the 1991. Oh, you know what we need? Because uh, I've only got the uh, eighty-six minute cut because that's the original Blu-ray. Because the thing is, Ralph Langer, he was a zombie in the nineteen ninety, but his mm-hmm. his um, scene there's only one little scene. So there's six right. minutes. Yeah. There's six minutes floating out there somewhere. Oh, six minutes we, need, to be we found. need to find. We need to find that because it would be really, really cool to see that extra six minutes. And saying that though, as well, um, Miguel in 1985's Day of the Dead, um, Anton DeLeo, it, it was to be fair, it was 2018 weekend of the dead when I actually realized that he was in the he was a zombie in Night of Living Dead, uh, 1990. And I've seen that film a million times, and I never saw it until never I, him, yeah. yeah, until I saw it. I thought, yeah, now I can't see it, now I can't stop seeing it. But that's what I like about the 1991, there's a lot of the alum from George Romero in there, even if they're working on sort of like producing it, production value of it, even if they're working behind the scenes or even on the camera, there's a lot of people in there that are from other, other Romero films and I think that's another reason why I like it as well. For me, I think anyone who watches, regardless where they start on the Romero stuff, I think the original Night of the Living Dead is one they've got. Yeah. It, it, Colin said it to me ages ago you've got to watch it, you've got to watch it you've got to start there and he sent me a big list and yeah he was bang on right to be honest with you because uh, Russ Striner for me was the first person who pulled me in as far as actors goes and it just it went from there although Russ again in My Uncle John is a Zombie just you know don't matter what age he is just still hitting, a bo- hitting it straight out of the park fantastic oh god he's played such a great role in that film he does <laughs> He must have loved playing it as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if, you, if all you listening or watching, if you haven't watched My Uncle John as a Zombie, get hold of that film. We will be doing a podcast review of... Uh, no, we've done a podcast review of My Uncle John as a Zombie, but we'll have Russ Stryner... Not, not Russ Stryner, we'll John have... Russo. John Russo. John Russo on. And uh, Gary, I forget his surname, but he's a guy who plays Oscar. Uncle... Uh, sorry, my uh, cousin Oscar. Cousin Oscar. But that's going to be a great one, because... Um, I guarantee fan, you, yeah. I guarantee you, if you know anything about John Russo, that the podcast that we do with John Russo is going to have some form of debauchery in it. It's going to have some form of something in it because <laughs> John is a character. <laughs> but anyway, I've got a quick question, and it's I don't know if it's a two-part or not as it stands right now, but sequels, now possible sequels too, not Living Dead 1990 because... That's one in its own. But 1968. Now, I can think of two possible sequels to that film. <clears throat> Children of the Living Dead, done in 2000, because yeah. it's based around the same area. They even mention it in the film. They even say, yeah, about 30 years ago, those the, the, the zombies that came up and attacked that farmhouse. So 
you know, so the, that's the kind of um, a direct sort of uh, not a sequel to the film, or was was John Russo trying to make a sequel because he wrote that film or whatever? So that's well, I'll talk about that in a moment. But then the second possible sequel is My Uncle John, because the zombies that are in My Uncle John the Zombie are clearly from 1968. My Uncle John is a zombie. I genuinely do believe it is a a canon base it's not an official sequel but a canon sequel an unofficial sequel let's be honest about the opening scene is in the cemetery it is in the cemetery it's in the cemetery so the minute i watched it because i was watching on at 1 a.m in the morning (laughs) streaming it from america going oh my god this is a sequel this is a romero sequel um and then it just got a bit weird and funky and mad and zany and it's the best comedic um homage to everything that was that canon of films to be honest with you it's I mean, yes, I don't want to. I don't want to get too much into it, but I've just got to say no. one thing about my uncle John the zombie, and I love the fact that it's a complete piss take of itself as well in terms of the fact that he's there trying to sell um, my uncle uh, Uncle John as a zombie lubrication. <laughs> and he's trying to sell it, and I don't. This is this is a spoiler alert, by the by the way. I do apologise, but he's trying to sell it, and he even puts his little website on the thing as well and it's like yeah yeah watch it but if you actually go on that website he's actually selling the zombie lube it's the tagline is the tagline is and even john russo delivers it so well this will give a stiff a stiffy that's it's right brilliant i love give a stiff, a stiffy, yeah. <laughs> stiff a stiffy but it is I, an eclectic mad film that is definitely part of the canon whether it be official or unofficial that's worth watching but um i'll be honest with you based on everything we've spoken about i i i can't disagree with any of the points you've made about the 1990 night of the living dead but for me the 1968 is the original masterpiece it it set too many it let's be honest about it without that we wouldn't have the walking dead we wouldn't have half of the horror genre the zombie genre we wouldn't have half of world war z any of that sort of stuff only books and films that have been made around zombies they just wouldn't exist without that film that is credit where credit's due and probably why uh ultimately the 68 version will probably always just about pinch ahead of the 1990 version uh i think on that bombshell i'll begin to wrap this up uh i think we've had a good debate about that and uh been able to set a few uh arguments straight so i'll just ask one last time each each one of you to just one sentence as to why you like the version that you like i like the tom really one because i enjoy it at any given point i love the 68 one but i have to be in the mood to watch it paul i can't disagree with what he said in the context of it you do have to be in the mood to watch it but I think once you, if you are being introduced to Romero, the 1968 one will take you on a journey that will give you an appetite for more. 100% agree with that. Yeah. I think I'll rest in by saying that I do probably have a slight preference for the 68 version, uh, maybe more out of posterity. Uh, the 90 does certainly bring a lot of good things to the table, and the twist at the end with Barbara surviving is also very interesting as well, and could even be an opportunity for future fan developed at work who knows so on that we shall leave it uh there until the next time so uh here's to uh the outlaw signing out i'm outlaw colin and i shall catch you on the next one see you later guys Cheerio.